Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's passionately married <laughs> alongside my wife, Pam. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, mm-hmm. where we're having honest conversations to try to help cultivate the space between you, because we always have space between us. Could be bigger space sometimes, could be a smaller space sometimes. <laughs> sure. I mean, sometimes the physical proximity is a part of it. Sometimes it's emotional space. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're coming off of both of us traveling in all kinds of different directions this past week. Yeah. And so there's big gaps that can happen, but the whole point is how do you maintain that space? How is there a constant conversation or actions that are helping you find and move forward in your marriage Mm -hmm. and create a marriage fully alive? Right. Because that's what we want to have happen. And we want your help in doing so. And the way you can do that is let us know what's on your mind or questions or topics you want us to cover. So 214-702-9565. Or feedback at passionatelymarried.net. And then coming up today in the episode, uh, this is something that's been in the queue for a while. A conversation I had with a gentleman named J.K. Amezi that's associated with uh, elevated recovery. And so we're circling back to the subject of pornography and recovery and well, it's a common topic, right? It, we get a lot of communications from it listeners about is, it. absolutely is. But what I've loved about uh, this conversation with JK was uh, his focus specifically on professionals that are, you know, higher power. There's, there's an element of, of his work that is aimed at executives, if you will, in some regards. And it sounded like clergy as well. Absolutely. Which would be an executive of the church body, Mm -hmm. I guess. But it it also really tries to hone in on the aspect of high speed pornography. Yeah. That's an important Right. Because a lot of us like me were raised where that didn't exist in that Mm -hmm. time. In the time I was introduced to pornography, it was analog. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pictures. Yeah. And but there is a different aspect when you when you add in the high speed nature in which the world now lives and how that impacts people. Right. Well, I love some of his points and and as people listen to it they'll hopefully they glean some good from this. Um just the thought process like for him that it was protecting him from something, right? Mm-hmm. Protecting him from some pain. And I think that for me on the spouse's side, there were some aspects that he pulls out um, in you guys' discussion that um, I hadn't thought of as a way, as as a reason potentially that something would trigger my spouse to mm-hmm. to use porn. Because mm-hmm. so many times I think um, it, when we're the one that wasn't using, we don't tend to have compassion and look at what's behind it. Right. Right. There's, there's we just a look at deeper, our feelings. Yeah, there's so, a deeper journey going yeah, so, on for both sides. Yeah, it's a yeah. pretty good insight into how he works with people too. But I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't even looking at that macro. I was looking at some of the micro and what he talked about with his journey too. Perfect. And on the extended content, that's where we get a little bit more personal too. In some mm-hmm. of the extended content today, talking about our own journeys and then betrayal trauma. Mm-hmm. And if you want to check out the extended content, you're going to go to passionatelymarried.net forward slash academy. And here in the summer of 2023, if you use summer 23, when you join the Academy, you get the first month free uh, up until the end of August. So, so summer 23. Summer 23 during this summer of 2023. See, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a hard code to crack. 
it's also worth pointing out that with this conversation, when, you know, the way our guests go that join the show, mm-hmm. um, obviously we, we schedule them and we record them and then they're, they're in the queue and then we come along and add the open and close. And mm-hmm. with this one, when JK, JK and I started talking, I had hit record and we just started rolling. Right. So From this, the get go, you guys were chatting it up. There is no for the formal. Show. Hey, great. Welcome to the show. It's so great to see you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. We just started rolling. And so if as you listen to today's episode, um, you might be wondering, what did I miss? You didn't miss anything. <laughs> you, know, you didn't because we just started right in. So let this serve as the intro to the show in our conversation. So all that's coming up on today's show. It's the hot days of summer and it's still wedding season. And this summer I've decided to finally stop wearing uncomfortable shapewear and bras. And thanks to Honey Love, who's supporting today's episode, I have all the help I need. Honey Love has revolutionized the shapewear and bra game so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. You also don't have to have that uncomfortable underwire without sacrificing support. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. Their products are so comfortable, you won't want to take it off. And you know that feeling when you got an event coming and you want to accent your curves, but maybe not all of them? (laughs) With Honey Love, you can accentuate your shape, look and feel sexy without the cost of being uncomfortable and reaching the point where you can't wait until you get out of the thing. They offer the same help when it comes to bras as well. Their bras are so comfortable, you forget you're wearing them. Ladies, Honey Love helps you look and feel good, whether it's for a wedding, a night out, or an evening boost of confidence. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order at honeylove.com passion. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com passion. It's an honor to have a long-term sponsor that's come back lately, CovenantSpice.com. Yeah, we appreciate them so much. And Covenant Spice is a husband and wife team that's dedicated to strengthening marriages and increasing playfulness and intimacy in anybody's sex life that's looking for it. Mm -hmm. Because they believe God created marriage to be a lifelong, passionate romance here, here. (laughs) And so if you're looking for sex toys, Christian sex manuals, body toppings, romantic games, they have every marital aid that you could need to keep sparks flying in and out of the bedroom. And then one of the only Christian intimacy sites on the web where no nudity means exactly that. You don't find any nudity. You don't even find blurred images uh, on their website or even on their packaging. So it's a great, discreet way to help find what you might be looking for in a safe way. Mm. Because there's a lot of people over the years of our show that have emailed in or asked us, how do we find that? Because I'm scared to Google. Well, covenantspice.com can be your place to start this search because they will create a place to help you feel comfortable in browsing together in the privacy of your own home. So if you go to covenantspice.com and you use our code radio, You get a free gift with any of your orders that you make. Any purchase, you get a free gift. Use our code radio at covenantspice.com. 
Well, um, it's less about the show, more about the practice. Uh, my okay. practice is called Elevated Recovery. Uh, we do recovery coaching, even though we, we don't use the term recovery. We use the term rebooting. Okay. And we primarily work with um, business owners and professionals who struggle with sexually compulsive behaviors. Okay. Um, our focus is high-speed internet pornography. Yep. And we work with these individuals mainly because just due to their perceived status, um, in society, in their church, in whatever environment they're in, there's a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally, I uh, um, I struggled with this behavior for about 11 years. Um, been rebooted for 14 years and four months right now. Okay. And I've ran my practice for since 2012. So that's, we're going into our 11th year of doing okay. this. Yeah, so um, we have a our flagship program is called Porn Reboots, um, and um, we got a couple of hundred clients. We work with them on ending the out of control behavior with pornography. Mm-hmm. So typically, our clients are already educated on the dangers of pornography, and we work with them to get them to a point where they can rewire their brain, rebuild intimacy with their partners, and kind of move on from the traditional recovery perspective of you've, you're you know once an addict, always an addict. Uh, I think that could apply for some individuals based on their brain chemistry, but for our typical clients, um, they rewire their brain within a year and a half to two years of following our system. Um, And the whole idea is to be able to move on with your life and realize that you don't need uh, pornography and you don't need this intense sexual stimuli to be happy. Um, So that's what we do, man. Okay. Well, that's, that's very needed for certain. Um, so what are, um, the, t- tell me about the process. I mean, I'm just, let's just keep going. We'll just, we'll just keep talking and this is the show. So what, yeah, what yeah, about yeah. the process? That's all good, man. I, I, I really like that. Uh, this is not alcohol, by the way. This is, <laughs> this is my aminos. Sometimes you're like, Hey, Hey dude. I was like, I'll, I'll just like, I'll go, let me mic. put something in this then so I can join yeah. you. <laughs> mm. I assume you probably run across this sometimes in your practice or probably a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but the system we use is called um, the porn reboot system. And uh, Corey, the reason that we use reboot instead of uh, recover is because traditional recovery, um, I feel that for high speed internet pornography, it's a little bit outdated. You know, recovery okay. conjures up this idea of the things you've lost to this out of control behavior and you want to, um, you know, you want to recover them. You want to bring them back. You want to go back to who you were. But let's say um, you were working with a client who began his out-of-control behavior when he was 16, 17 years old. And it escalated over the years. Um, now he's in his early to mid-30s. He's a professional. He's got, you know, 1.5 kids. And he wants to end this behavior because he's like, I'm not being a great dad. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with porn-induced erectile dysfunction. Uh, my marriage is becoming sexless. And there's just so much. Uh, my, my partner struggling with betrayal trauma because she's found out about my, my secret behavior. Now he wants to recover that which he lost. Right. But he's not the same young man that he right. was. Right. So our concept of rebooting is to hit the reset button, just like you would reboot a computer. And it's to re-examine your values because a lot of your values and standards as a man um, who struggles with an out-of-control behavior are unfortunately colored by your behavior. Your view of intimacy, the way you feel you should 
uh, um, your desire for sex, what you think is appropriate, mm-hmm. um, all of that is impacted. Absolutely. By your, what, yeah, what we call your arousal template is, is impacted by your behavior with pornography. And so the system is pretty simple. We focus on changing your habits first. And there's a lot of like pop psychology out there and changing habits. And there are lots of people helping people to quit porn. And it just ends at the habit. But it's right. not about a habit. Right. <laughs> You've got to change your habits. But in order for that habit to stay on in your life, Corey, you've also got to change your lifestyle. It has to change. Like your lifestyle also involves changing your environment, not just your physical environment, but also your online environment. Where are you hanging out? Are you constantly browsing through Instagram? And then suddenly you're getting triggered. Are you on TikTok? Are you on OnlyFans? What are you doing? Right. Now, once you've changed the lifestyle, that's good enough. Some really good recovery programs do that. But then they end up using willpower to maintain it, you know, day by day, hang out with the right people and so on. That's fine. People can live that way. Um, I believe that men, I believe that families should live an adventurous life. I'm not a big fan of the black and white, gray kind of life. I think we can do a lot of amazing things. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, we have to change our self-image. Okay. The image you have yourself of, of yourself as a man who is dependent on pornography, the image you have of yourself, all the the strong emotions and unresolved issues that you were medicating with mm-hmm. your out-of-control behavior, mm-hmm. those things need to be addressed. You need to find out if there's any trauma um, that you are medicating or anesthetizing with sexual behavior. And once your self-image has changed, has changed you become a man who no longer, no longer needs it. Right, and I, I could just keep going on. No, I, I get it. So, explain, JK, explain to me, yeah. um, the the high speed porn aspect because I've come across this too. But I think what sets you apart is um, when there's a different thing that happens with that aspect versus you know I grew up with magazines. Mm. And then occasionally videos because the internet wasn't around when I was introduced to porn. Mm. Um, so it's, it's one of those, but high speed is a whole different beast. It is dude. How old are you? I'm 51. Oh my God. You look good for 51. I was just <laughs> thinking, I was like, okay, he's got to be like, maybe like 42, 43, nope, I'm 51. All right. Yep. Taking care of yourself. No, that's good. Um, I, I, I'm 39. I did not, I grew up with, not much internet, honestly. Um, I was exposed to it by a playboy that um, my parents, I guess she was a nanny. She had this laying around and I picked it up and I was about eight years old and, um, you know, hadn't hit puberty. Mm-hmm. And when I picked it up, it was as if there was this explosion in my brain. It wasn't sexual, but I knew it was naughty. Right. I knew I was not supposed to see that. Right. And there was this just adrenaline rush. And that, um, that uh, ta- the taboo nature of it. Mm-hmm. And I just got hooked on that rush. And so I continued looking at those naughty pictures whenever I could until I hit puberty and I learned how to, to masturbate. Um, and then I was like, ah, I was 14 years old. I realized what the deal was. But the high speed part is very dangerous. A brief history of it is that um, pornography was already addictive, but it didn't become as widespread as it is now till about 2006. And that was the advent of YouTube. Now, once YouTube came about, everything changed. In fact, mm-hmm. all the tube sites out there are actually based on YouTube. 
Um, it was an algorithm that could allow people to switch from genre to genre quite easily. You know, back in the day, it was so difficult. The problem with pornography is that uh, high-speed internet pornography addiction is that um, it is accessible and it is very anonymous. So yep. anybody can, you can just pick up your phone and it's right yep. there. It's anonymous. Nobody can catch you. Back in the day, you had to uh, uh, go across town, make sure nobody saw you, get the magazine, come back across town, or get the VHS. I remember back in though I remember the VHS days. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I do too. Then, you know, <laughs> um, late night cable um, quickly followed through. And you could still get caught with a VHS. Mm -hmm. You could leave it in there, late night cable. Somebody turns on the light. What are you doing, Billy? You're like, oh. Right. <laughs> um, but the high-speed internet part was with YouTube. Once that started, um, men started becoming hooked on it. Okay. Because uh, let's take a quick pivot to fantasy, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, th there's nothing wrong with fantasy. It's, it's absolutely healthy. The, the, the thing people fear about fantasy is that others will discover their fantasy and judge them based on that. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, what pornography did was that it took all those fantasies and recreated them. And so now individuals had the ability to jump from fantasy to fantasy. Right. And uh, they kept doing it. So your brain rewires because eventually it begins to believe that that is the way to engage in sex. You know, most men who view pornography, I tell my clients when they come in, when they're getting a little bit lost, I'm like, do you know that you have seen more naked people and more sex than all your ancestors put together? <laughs> all your ancestors, they haven't seen right. as much as you have. Right. They just go like, oh my God. I was like, do you think you evolved right. to consume that much? Pornography, and they're like, no. Yeah, that's a sobering thought. It really is to, man. to realize what you're exposed to, and that's the other thing I'd heard too was on the high speed. Um, it allows for the continual stimulation, like you're describing. Of okay, this isn't doing it for me. So one click, now I get a different, a different hit and a different taboo, like you're describing when you were first introduced to it. Because mine would have been a similar one of the feelings I didn't understand, but I liked them. And and so, wait, as soon as that starts to wane, well, I can just click over here now and then click over here and click over here. And it allowed, you know, it just the brain's not meant to why it doesn't work that way. I mean, when you're with a person, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so, exactly, Corey. And, and that's the reason why men struggle from what's called uh, porn induced erectile dysfunction, mm -hmm. which basically happens when, you know, you're. <laughs> Your partner, your wife, your girlfriend, whomever you're being intimate with, she cannot be five women at the same time. Right. Right. She cannot be flawless either. Right. She's got flaws. She's got stretch marks. She's got all these things. Uh, you lose the ability to find the beauty in that. I talk to yeah. clients and I'm just like, you do know that some of those things are, are sexy. And they're like, what? They are? Like, yeah, if you can't, if you can't yeah. look at your wife and you can't find all those little things beautiful, I was just like, you got work to do. Yeah. And you're just shocked. You're like, oh my God. But like, I was, I was having sex with her the other day and, and, um, I hear the craziest things and she had, um, I, I found myself wishing she was more tan because I could see, I could see her veins. 
right? And and is that weird? Because I thought that was gross. I was like, <laughs> I was like you do know that we are more or less. I was like, we're human, right? We're mm-hmm. just we're 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 to use a crude term, we're meat suits, right? Mm-hmm. And you saw something human, and you got disgusted by it. Mm-hmm. And I explained to them that what pornography does, high speed internet pornography does, is that it exaggerates everything. It is right. actors, people acting. And your partner cannot be all those things at one time. So when men continually condition themselves to these um, unrealistic images and scenarios, their brain gets used to it and they try to recreate that in their lives. The way the the process typically works is that um, when a man gets sexually aroused, he typically releases testosterone. When you look at a lot of the science, you'll find them talking about dopamine, 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 which is nice. And it's the next thing. But the precursor to dopamine is testosterone. They're actually synergistic. And once you've released some testosterone, you then release dopamine. And what dopamine does in the process is that it gives you this urge to resolve it. So you're just like, I want to experience that pleasure. That's what dopamine actually does. It doesn't actually give you pleasure. It gives you the urge to resolve that feeling for pleasure. But then you keep chasing it because Mm -hmm. you've got multiple tabs open and you're watching this scene, but suddenly uh, on the sideline or however it works right now, I'll use YouTube as an example, something else that's better comes up. And so you're like, okay, okay, okay. I'm not going to ejaculate or orgasm to this. I'm going to go to the next thing. Right. And what happens is you end up creating more dopamine receptors than you actually need. The next thing that comes after that is norepinephrine, which is released from your adrenal glands. And it's kind of like a, a cousin to adrenaline. It's, you want to consider it to be like a, a videographer. It's the, the guy who's like keeping track of the entire story, right? And um, once norepinephrine is released, right after that, you have all these other endogenous opiates that are released when you orgasm. And the biggest issue with this when it comes to high-speed internet is that those endogenous opiates are released when you orgasm, but you train yourself over and over again to delay that. When okay. you And you delay it by viewing different types of pornography and different right. genres. When you right. end up with your partner, you're unable to do that. Yeah. And you're just, you're wondering, your penis is like, dude, you yeah. know, it's like a, it's like a gummy worm. It's not working. It's like, what's happening? And it's like. <laughs> very descriptive is- <laughs> there. It's very descriptive there, sir. <laughs> I apologize. I don't know. No. I uh, I listened it's, to some episodes. I didn't know how. It's accurate. Script- no, okay. no, it's accurate because it's because it's also <laughs> one of those things that you know your brain in a lot of ways seems to just get bored or distracted or it's not feeding like you could in the other arena that you're spending time with the high speed where no woman can change scenes like that or has the things that could be quote unquote, a turnoff when in reality, no, it's part of a beautiful aspect of a story together. If you, if it's a long-term relationship, the standard of beauty is your spouse Mm. because you've created life with that person too. And life will change and gravity will take over and wrinkles will come in and skin spots will happen and veins will be seen. And 
depending on how you orient towards that, I think of that as that's just sexy because we have started living life. Look at what we've created. Look at what we've done. Look at who we are. That's when it starts to get good. But you're describing an element of it. It's so it almost makes that gap even harder to bridge. If my standard has been high speed, high speed porn. Absolutely. I love what you just said about what we've created together and that shared journey. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that a lot of men lose while they're in their relationship. You miss mm-hmm. out on what is happening with your partner moments to moments because you're mm-hmm. living in a fantasy world and you wake up one day to realize like you lost all the tiny little bits. And the worst part is you don't even know you lost it. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So they've, you've got the habits in place. You've got the kind of the rebooting of my sense of self and my identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there, are there other aspects? Those are the three things. There's a process to it. So the first part is the habits part. The habits okay. part are pretty simple. It's really building habits to, first of all, manage your emotions. And that's very important because a lot of men, when men are using pornography, they're usually using it to either deal with stress, Mm -hmm. to uh, deal with some sort of unresolved issue, or to manage very strong emotions. And when you start doing this, when let's say you're a teenager, your brain's still developing, you don't really have any coping strategies then what happens is your emotions kind of freeze in place, certain emotions, right? So maybe you were in a family where, um, let's say there was shame in your family. Let's say Mm -hmm. a random scenario on the surface, mom and dad made it look like you guys were a perfect middle-class suburban family. But the truth is that behind closed doors, there was alcoholism, there was bankruptcy, yeah. there were all these things. So you you lived with a secret, for example, and that was shameful, but everyone made you do that. And then pornography came into your life and it became the thing that you used to deal with that secret. When mom and dad were yelling and screaming, when you came back from school, knowing that y'all were going to move to a different state because y'all couldn't afford it, you used porn. Now you never resolve that. And you get into adulthood and every morning you wake up and because it's piled up over the years, you start feeling shame with the most random things, right? You're with your wife and she says, hey, honey, let's, uh, let's, you know, do you want to move to another neighborhood? Or she talks about that and suddenly you're triggered and you don't know why, but then you end up using pornography. So these are some of the things we'll talk, we talk about with clients, Well, we have them start their day with taking a moment to feel a lot of guys just wake up and they're go 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 or they have some like the more successful guys have some gung-ho morning routine which is which is fine but i tell guys to slow down and start focusing on your emotions you can use a simple feelings exercise like Mm -hmm. um, a statement like i feel and a lot of men who struggle with this behavior feel nothing they they don't feel anything they're like i feel numb and I'm sure you've had some, you have some, some clients like this, right? Just, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel numb. And I don't feel anything, JK. I'm like, that's okay. Keep doing it. Start with the physical sensations. And I feel tired. And then I feel irritated. I feel annoyed. This exercise that JK gave me is like stupid. I don't want to, I want to do it. It's a stupid <laughs> exercise. I don't want to do it. Right? Is this even going to work? I was like, that's right. right. That's fine. Write that down. I feel this exercise is stupid. 
But eventually they'll start finding, I feel irritated. I first remember feeling irritated when, and I encourage them to go back further and further. Okay. That's all you need to do in the morning. They start with a habit like that. Then they also start with setting good boundaries. Now, the definition we have of a boundary is different from what traditional addiction recovery has. And this has to do with the habit aspect of this, which is um, in traditional recovery, a boundary is where, you know, you don't cross this. It's like a line. It's like a border. But the thing is, the, the human brain is very interesting. One of our principles is work with your brain. Don't work against your brain. Okay. And working against your brain would be saying, oh, that's a boundary. And your brain says, yeah, therefore, we have to, we have to break the boundary. But the definition we have of, of a boundary is where something which is good for you ends and where something that is undesirable for you begins. Okay. So it's a little bit more flexible. That way you can check in with yourself and go like, oh, if I continue down this path, the good things stop. And the undesirable begins. Okay. So you set habits with your boundaries. So you're like, okay, I was on Instagram for a little bit, or uh, I was at a work meeting. Everything was cool. And then there was this pretty lady that started speaking. Okay, nothing wrong with that. All right. I noticed that she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. Fine. Now, that's good behavior. Undesirable behavior begins when you're like, you know what? Let me check her out on LinkedIn. Yeah. Check out like let me just check her out on Facebook. Maybe and that's where you start going yeah. down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So that's a little bit of the habit part. We build habits around little things like that. Okay. That's perfect. So I guess um I mean you made a comment that you work with people and it's usually a year or two, a year yeah. and a half, two years, and that's kind of what it takes for the whole reboot process to really get deep in and and transformational? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, when I struggled with this behavior, I went to traditional 12-step programs. I was raised as a Catholic and I went to uh, Christian approaches. I did the whole woo-woo thing. I did a lot of uh, deep meditation. I did a lot of breath work when it was weird to do it like mm -hmm. <laughs> 14, 15 years ago. And um while some of those things helped, I kept feeling that I had to live with this forever. And most of the places I went framed it as a battle, especially the religious parts. It was like a battle with this other part of yourself. Yeah. And that was so difficult for me, Corey, because um, my understanding of it was that it, it, it wasn't, I felt the battle was keeping it, making this process longer. I think it was taking years because you're fighting right. this enemy. Right. I had realized that whatever this thing was, it was something that developed to protect me. It was something that I was using pornography to protect me from pain, from strong feelings, from stress. And compassion was where it began. It was to begin to stop hating that aspect of myself and realizing that it was okay. It's, it was biological. It developed to protect me. And mm -hmm. I had to make peace with it first in order to move forward. Okay. The moment a man starts doing this, he's already cutting off years from the process yeah. because he's learning to love himself. He's yeah. learning to embrace his shadow. Um, I have all my clients begin the process with writing a thank you and a goodbye letter to pornography. 
And the thank you part is to take a moment to actually appreciate what it did for you. A very simple thing could be for some men, they're like, I did not know what a vagina was. The only way I knew where to insert my penis was thanks to pornography. And if not for that, I wouldn't have known because the, the biology books just didn't, right. didn't weren't graphic enough. Um, pornography helped me out when I had no coping strategies. It was, it was a pretty cool thing. I, I learned about my body. I learned about mm-hmm. sexuality. And they go through all those positive things. And then they write a, a goodbye letter, which could be along the tone of, um, you've been very helpful to me. You helped me when I was a boy, when I was a young man but you've been in my life for too long. Like yeah. I met this wonderful human being and I yeah. want to be with her, but our relationship has to end because she's going to provide me with everything and the rest of the things I have to learn how to develop them myself. And this is so critical to the reboot process because when you love yourself as you go through this, for example, in traditional recovery is if you slip or you relapse, yeah. we're going to start from day one again. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's you, it's your slips and your relapses are data. That's yeah. all it is. Absolutely. And if you're learning from the data, your brain does rewire. But if you're hitting the reset button and climbing up that ladder again, you're reinforcing shame and guilt yeah. and all those negative emotions. So, um, I didn't know about the year and a half to two year thing. It, it took me about 18 months, even though I had tried for years using a system I put together. And it was probably about the seventh year of running um, elevated recovery that I started checking back in with clients. I was very scared to do it, to be honest, because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, what if they relapse? <laughs> and almost all my clients were good. Right. And that was a that was a, a huge revelation to me. Um And I just realized that everybody, the max amount of time it took using this system, habits, lifestyle, and self-image. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but it's just an easy way to understand it. Yeah. Um, it, It A year and a half to maximum of two years, their brain rewired. And what this means is that they could be accidentally exposed to pornography. Right. It would not have an impact on them. Right. They didn't need it. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of how the, the 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 one to two year process works. Yeah, that's the description of it's it's not a hundred percent clean in how I'm living life because I can't always avoid the temptations, the struggle, you know, the areas that what I what comes at me, I can't. I have very little influence over. I can in the lifestyle aspect, right? I can put myself in situations where, you know, don't go hang out on on the cesspool of that site because I know where that could lead me. You know, that's just good judgment. But what you, I love what you're describing in the sense that when I come to grips with a different relationship with myself and even though I love the way you phrase this, I don't hear this too much of and my relationship I had with pornography. I don't go immediately. That's just all shame. It, it's a bad and destructive thing. Yes. I don't need to heap on shame to it. Um, and it's, it's recognizing there's a, there's this dilemma of I can then be exposed to something. I'm in a movie and uh, you know, there's, there's a sex scene and it's like, huh? Okay. But I don't stay there. Like I would have, that's kind of what you're describing then. Right. It's like, it doesn't take yeah. me down the whole, Oh, what was her name? I'm finding her later and blah, 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 blah. Instead it was just, 
oh, all right. And then you just keep on moving with the scenes. Boom. Exactly. You don't, you don't, it doesn't carry on, but most importantly, you, you come to realize what healthy sexuality is. Yeah. And a lot of men do not know what healthy sexuality is. And I actually feel very bad for a lot of young men these days because they grow up in a culture where, um, long-term relationships are not viewed as the norm. Yeah. Uh, sex is prioritized over everything. And, you know, when it comes to the, the whole recovery process, just to change gears a little bit, there's this idea of perfectionism. Like you, you must be perfect in your recovery yeah. in order to, to end this behavior. Yeah. Right. The right way to end this behavior is, is to be human. It was Dr. Albert Ellis, the founder of Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy, who said we can all <laughs> One run of my recovery. favorites. Yeah, one oh, of my favorites. Okay, cool. So you're an Albert Ellis fan, as yeah. am I. Big fan of it. Um, he said, all of us can recover from our addictive behaviors, but none of us can recover from being human. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was just like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's how this is going to work for me. Just accepting our flaws, accepting yeah. that we're going to fall. That's the way you re- That's actually the way you do everything in life. So I don't understand yes. why some methodologies stress perfection you know yeah that's that's just self-love right and self-grace and and graciousness towards my you know my humanness my flaws my the flesh everything that i love that word grace it's not one i use often but but i like it denying is denying its its existence doesn't help anything (laughs) right no no it doesn't it doesn't man so tell people how they can find you as we wrap up this segment well, my name is, I have a long name, but everyone calls me J.K. Amazie. Um, you can find me at elevatedrecovery.org. You can search for our podcast called the Porn Reboot Podcast. So just Google us um, uh, or just search for us on YouTube. Just search for Porn Reboots and um, you'll see my face all over the place. It's crazy Perfect. thumbnails. <laughs> well, man, thank you so much for, for thus far. Uh, I want to I pivot, though, in the extended okay. content. So you alluded to this in the open, Pam, but anything else that kind of stood out to you that? Oh, there were a lot of things that stood out to me. The Just the aspect of being human. Mm-hmm. And back to the point that both of you, you know, the epiphany when a, gen- a guy said to you, I like naked bodies. <laughs> and, we, and we've been given that. We've been given, hey, I, we've been given and blessed with this attraction. Mm-hmm. And that's how, what attracted us to our spouses. Mm-hmm. And, and it's unfortunate, the shame that has been put around and that how we've twisted right. the appreciation of a naked body. Right. Right. I love your naked body. Right. Right back at you, baby. <laughs> um, but it, it's good to have that realization of, of hopefully that's helping someone of, I don't have to feel shame. I just have to direct it in. Right the right in the right way. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that JK has such a similar overlap of the way I try to work with couples to in our journey and our show Mm -hmm. and that there is a natural nature to us, Mm -hmm. a humanness, a design Mm -hmm. to us. That's not in and of itself good or bad. I mean, obviously all of it was good when it was originally created. If you have a biblical worldview, but there's still free will involved. And so it can easily go bad, but that's where it, we need to be mindful of the triggers. Like you alluded to at the beginning, the things that can happen, those just happen. 
what we do with it is what really separates. Yeah, what do the I do journey. with it? How do I react? And am I doing that in a healthy way? Right. Well, if you are interested in a little bit more, um, miss something, transcripts are available of each of the episode shows uh, on each of the episode's pages, as well as advertisers' deals and discounts are available at passionatelymarried.net. Seek out each individual episode and you'll find all the information there. So please consider supporting those who support the show. So if we left something undone, we need you to let us know. Uh, If you want some more, let us know. Um, So however you've taken a little bit of time out to spend it with us, thanks and we'll see you next time.